Flaky Flake says he's going to vote for Kavanaugh tomorrow. So that's there a, you go. Practically a done deal. And did uh, Murkowski from Alaska say no, she won't? I don't think she said. I could be wrong. Thought she was a no for cloture. Well, the last kid, does their vote count the same as everybody else's? It shouldn't. No. It really shouldn't. Not. <laughs> um, so we were talking about virtual reality, and we got somebody uh, who's had an experience that sounds really awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, before we get to that, the movie I was talking about, the World War II movie, is 12 o'clock high. Mm. And it's an amazing movie. Just amazing. Uh, in fact, I just was listening to a video. The trailer for the movie was Gregory Peck. Talking, He said, after I saw the screening of it, I asked Daryl Zanuck, the head of the studio, if I could just talk to you about this movie. Hmm. He said, I think it's the most honest movie about what actually happens in war that we've made. And I I think it's a real breakthrough. It is. I don't know why. We were talking about this the other day. I don't know why we had this period of history where we wanted to pretend that things weren't bad. I think trying to keep everybody's morale up. Even afterwards, though? Even after the war's over? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is curious. God, it's a, I would think it's the, a real sociological, it's a study in sociological norms in what a society, the way society uh, approaches life that changed a lot. And this movie was a breakthrough in that. And I, it's an amazing movie. Hmm. But anyway, it affected me deeply. Uh, let's see. Oh, anyway, back to VR. Sorry, as we veer wildly from topic to topic. And yes, we will have clips of the week in just a couple of minutes. Well, we got on this topic because there's a virtual reality game that uh, this guy said was the most immersive, like a time machine thing he's done yet. Brought him to tears. That's right. And it was World War II. Right. And and bombers. Uh, Bill, hi. Welcome. How are you, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. Tell us about your uh, VR dealio. About two weeks ago, I take my seven-year-old to the uh, local VR arcade to, uh, to, to to get him in there, and they have a virtual reality uh, simulation called The Plank. The, the, the Plank is where you get into an elevator. You stand out in front of this virtual or sim city, but it looks really authentic. You get into an elevator. You push the button. You go up to the top floor. The elevator opens. And all there is is a wooden plank that you're supposed to walk out to in front of the entire city. I, I, and I look I'm, down a hundred stories. My hands are getting sweaty thinking about it. <laughs> and let, let me tell you, it opened up. I started to sweat. I started to shake. I had to back up, and and I could hear the people in the background laughing because they can see on the TV what you're looking at. But that but I yeah. would not. Do that, yeah, I, and I and I understand the laughing and the mockery, but that's what your brain's supposed to do. It's supposed to take in this information and tell you what's going on, and that's what it's doing. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, isn't Bill? Isn't that uh, that had to be a really interesting uh, wrestling match between your rational brain and your animal brain? It's unexplainable. So I took it off because I just couldn't do it. So I took it off, and then I said to myself, "Wait a minute! I'm standing on the ground. I'm here in a building. Uh-huh. I can hear people." not real so i did it again the second time was even worse i couldn't do it i couldn't even take a step forward the second time it was so bad but but they have this option to really to make it like a 4d if, if you really want the full experience they will take a 2 by 12 uh and stick it in front of you so that you can actually feel like you're stepping on the plank that you're virtually stepping on. So I can actually fill my pants and not just come close to With it. With real poop, not virtual poop. <laughs> right, exactly. I, my heart rate on my iPhone went off the chart. God, do, you, do they have wow. you uh, signing a disclaimer? Because a person could have a heart attack or something. I, I, I thought I did, and yes, they do. 
Yeah, I'll bet. Wow, I'll be damned. Bill, that's a really good yeah. story, man. Uh, good to talk to you. Thanks. Try it. All right. Hey, that's no, our, that's, no, I won't. And you can't make me. That's our first call of 2018. It was pretty good. Hey, let's uh, let's make it our last. <laughs> we might want to try End that on a high note. Um, I tell you what, we take a call like that, and I think we ought to take calls. Yeah, that's the yeah. trap. And then we take two more. <laughs> no need to finish the sentence. Um, wow, that's really interesting. So I, yeah, still ex- I don't need to feel terror. I feel no, existential no, no. terror all the time. I have no yeah. interest at this point in my life having virtual terror. No. Um, uh, kids obviously do. You're built different when you're a kid, especially boys. Is that going to, uh, will that rewire your brain to where you're starting to do crazy, stupid things because your brain starts to think, oh, okay, this isn't real? Oh, man. Could that happen I, I quickly there's, or would it take There's time? a lack of reality to youth, period. Oh, sure. You don't understand death and consequences. Right, which is why soldiers are young men. Um, a lot harder to get 40-year-olds yeah. to do this. So, you no, know. I'm thinking about that WW2 bomber simulation dealio. There'd be plenty of terror in that, too. Although, it's not quite the same immediate... You can easily make an argument why there's a value in understanding that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not equating the two. I'm just (laughs) thinking about your reaction uh, or what my reaction would be, because there would also be the if we're hit and it's significant enough damage and the pilot can't land the plane, I will plunge to my death, as opposed to I'm about to plunge to my death. In the you know the previous example, Bill's example, and I, I've spent a lot of time in in VR, and I still have those like uh, an example. So there's games where I'm kind of like swinging around from tree to tree, like a like think Spider Man, right? And if my character gets off balance or if I land awkwardly, even though my feet physically have never left the ground, I still put my arms out to kind of steady myself. Mm-hmm. It's a weird. It's 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 very surreal. So I wouldn't. Uh, I don't go out and buy the latest coolest tv i don't need 4k as opposed to utv as opposed to i don't care it's good enough already or 12d dolby or whatever but i could spend a lot of money on this virtual reality stuff if it gets good enough yeah i really could yeah. i'd buy the good one i hear you <laughs> on this uh oh speaking of technology and if you listen to the whole show and you really should every single day uh you already know this but was it marshall i think reporting on the story earlier that chinese hackers um well the government used a tiny chip to infiltrate a lot of America's top companies, and there's a fairly strong level of belief that some of the many, many, God knows how many Chinese computers, Chinese assembled computers that are being used in the government and the military may have tiny little chips in them to spy on us and perpetrate God knows what evil. I mean, it's so freaking obvious. I I can't believe we went down that road. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, can you imagine? Oh, speaking of bombers, our our advanced bombers, our fighters, our submarines might have Chinese spy chips in them. Oh, great. All right. Well, the brave new world is uh, approaching rapidly. But right now we need to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's cow clips of the week. I'm going to start at an 11. I'm going to take it to about a 15 real quick. Now, I don't happen to think a professional politician, because I think we're in a new age. I don't think a professional politician is going to be there at the end of the day. I've always said it's going to be someone like Oprah or an Avenetti or somebody that's more media savvy. But one way to tell that someone is not the real Bruce Springsteen is that he asked to borrow $11,000. You ought to put down the bong. This is a freak show, an intergalactic freak show. I'm not a drinker. I've never had alcohol. I've just, you know, for whatever reason. 
Can you imagine if I had what a mess I'd be? <laughs> but on the other hand, we can't have this on the court. We, we simply can't. My father gave me a small loan of a million dollars. The report says, as a toddler, Donald Trump was earning more than many adults, $200,000 a year from his father Fred's businesses. Susan's bedding was too uncomfortable. Yeah, vote Trump. I keep other people awake at night. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. The President of the United States saying, can you imagine if I drank what a mess I would be? What a unique dude. And not like behind closed doors to his friends. Just, right. you know, in a speech in public. <laughs> that is something. Uh, by the way, we uh, got a retired senior naval officer said in the Navy they watched the movie 12 O'Clock High as a leadership example. Wow. And then would discuss afterwards. The brilliant Gregory Peck. Is the hard-nosed general who comes in to whip up the uh, the airbase into shape and ends up cracking up because of the pain of it. Oh, my God, what a movie. And when well before it's time. Should take more calls. Do, do you know the phone number? I don't know the phone number. I do. You're not going to tell us? Nope. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray, and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday, I'm in love. Not to be stuck on old timey war uh, movies all morning long, but I just saw a text from uh, one of our favorite, or tweet. And tweeted about Peter Jackson's new World War One documentary trailer came out, so I watched it during the commercial break. Oh, Peter Jackson of the Hobbit movie yeah. fame. And obviously, he's great at, what do you call that kind of movie? Um, Hobbit big, movies? Big. No, just like giant. Oh. Epic. Yeah, yeah he's good yeah. at the epic thing, which you need to be good at if you're going to do Well, an enormous budget, stunning visuals, recreating worlds, yeah. And I, Did he do Dunkirk? No, that was uh, that was somebody else. Okay, but, that was, yeah, that was Chris Nolan. Oh, okay, we're we're going through the hundred year anniversary of World War One. It's wrapping up actually this um, this November eleventh will be the hundred year anniversary of the end of World War One. But I got on a World War One. Some historians dispute that. I got a, on a World War One kick a couple of years ago, and it is just freaking a fascinating, underappreciated awfulness that happened in U.S. in in, in world history. And uh, I'm glad somebody's going to do, somebody that good's going to do a movie about it. But I just watched the trailer, and it looks freaking fantastic. I'll find a way to see that in the theater. You know, you, you've read much more, much more recently than I have about World War One. But the enduring feeling I got from, you know, my studies of it was, how did humanity let this happen? It's it's more gruesome than World War Two on so many levels. I don't think there's ever been carnage in world history the way World War One was, for a variety of reasons. Part of it was leadership stuck in the past with new equipment available and yeah. all that sort of thing, and uh, not recognizing how awful things have gotten. But 
and the politics of it involved and everything out, but just just amazing. Yeah. Amazing slaughtering of human beings. Ugh. Uh, its title is called They Shall Not Grow Old. I'll put a link to it on the uh, Armstrong and Getty website if anybody wants to find it. Yikes. And is it a, is a drama? Documentary? Docudrama? Dramedy? It's a, yeah, it's a drama. Rom-com? It's a, it's a, yeah. It's your movie movie. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. I think we How, need a transition. Who put, from... Oh, here's our transition. Who put all these donuts in here? <laughs> what was the theory behind that, Hanson? <laughs> Sabotage. <laughs> How does me getting fatter help you? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> Way to boil it down. That's the key question here. <laughs> There's winners and losers. Life is a zero-sum game, and he's trying to make me fatter. Somehow that makes his life better. I have, I consider my, uh, I consider donuts to be, I have a term for it, but it sounds so incredibly crass. I don't want to say it on the air. Donuts are the line that will never be crossed for you should, me. You should never eat a they donut. Are I should never eat a donut. Way too gratuitous yeah, for a guy right. who's battled yeah. his weight since I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. It's a crime it I will never commit. I barely got out of the lunchroom. Those were some amazing donuts. Where are they from? I don't know. Somewhere that has pink boxes, which is obligatory for whatever reason in the world of donuts. Anyway, uh, moving along. Transition music, please, Michael. The carnage of World War One. How are we supposed to follow that up? Are you going to talk next? What? Well, yeah. Okay, and then I'm going to eat this donut hole. <laughs> <laughs> Nice job, donut hole. So I can chew. I turn it off. Turn it off! So you got uh, your Elon Musk, who is Trump-like in his inability to shut his trap when it would help him a great deal to shut it. Mocking the SEC. Who he just agreed uh, to a $20 million settlement with, etc. Can't imagine how he thought that would help him. Yeah, he referred to the SEC as the Short Seller Enrichment Commission. Ooh, uh, that's a good shot. If you're into the stocks and bonds, that is a good shot. That's a good shot. The Short Seller Enrichment Commission is doing incredible work, and the name change is so on point. Uh, he suggested that the SEC is harming the value of Tesla's stock by enforcing securities laws in an unfair way, et cetera, et cetera. But that's, uh, that's a trenchant criticism. I wonder how much of it has to do with... With Trump and Elon, how much of it has to do with you've been billionaires for a long time and you just, you're not really that into anybody telling you anything you don't want to hear. Yeah. And you I don't can have see to, that. And you don't have to put up with it much. No. Ever. Including no. now. Right. Oh, they don't like me. A boo hoo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could uh, kind of believe that. Yeah. Oh, oh where you he- could be. I've never been in that position, but you could get really used to. Telling everybody what you think all the time. Yeah. As a billionaire. I don't mean you're like your family members, but anybody else dealing with business, politics, anything like that. I just tell you what I think of you. What yeah. are you going to do to me? I'm a billionaire. I, right. can see, I can see how you'd get used to that. And pretty soon you just like have forgotten any constraint whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get a little bull in the china shoppy. Uh, this is like a 15 to 18 year old callback. But where are he from? French? Elon Musk yeah. is South African. Oh, okay. Am I right about that? It, it's uh, not important. South African or Australian. I always forget. I don't I'm think not. he's an Aussie. They're completely different countries. Same very, hemisphere. Very different. Um, It's not important. I just uh, I couldn't remember. So, listen. Here's the deal. This is... God. Oh, please. The uh, yeah, gi- South African. Thank you. The tech companies 
overwhelming political bias more and more in the news these days. Elon Musk is an African-American. I remember we've had that conversation. That's right. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't somebody, somebody got uh, suspended from school for saying that. There was a story that made its way, you know, through the Fox News uh, world that uh, a kid was adamant about that in a paper in school and he got suspended for it because it violated the racial insensitivity uh, doctrine at the school or something like that. But anyway, um, the incredible biases of the uh, tech companies is is more and more, uh, you know, in front of us and impossible to ignore. I just became aware of this one. Joel Kaplan, who is Facebook's vice president for global public policy, happens to be an old friend of Brett Kavanaugh. And he was sitting behind him in the hearing. He said nothing. Near near Alyssa Milano. (laughs) Right. Right. And, and, And Judge Kavanaugh's mom, Judge Kavanaugh, who looked pissed a lot. Anyway... Uh, this Joel Kaplan was sitting there, did nothing, said nothing, just listened. His mere presence there promoted anger and shock among many Facebook employees, some of whom said they took his action as a tacit show of support for Judge Kavanaugh, as if it were an endorsement from Facebook itself. Kaplan himself said, I want to apologize. I recognize this moment is a deeply painful one, internally and externally. The unrest quickly spilled over onto Facebook's internal message boards, where hundreds of workers have since posted about their concerns. To quell the hubbub, Facebook's chief executive, the Antichrist, Mark Zuckerberg, last Friday explained in a widely attended staff meeting that Mr. Kaplan was a close friend of Judge Kavanaugh's and had broken no company rules. Which was what a grown-up would say I'm not to sh- other grown-ups. I'm not sure a grown-up even should have to say that. Right. I'm not even going to dignify your anger with my obvious response. Yeah, you know what? That's not what a grown-up would say to other grown-ups. That's what a grown-up would say to high schoolers attempting to help them act more like (laughs) grown-ups. Right. Something I've done many times. Yet the disquiet within the company, Jack, has not subsided. This week, Facebook employees kept flooding internal forums with comments about Mr. Kaplan's appearance at the hearings. In a post on Wednesday, Andrew Bosworth, a Facebook executive, appeared to dismiss the concerns... Thank you. When he wrote to employees that it is your responsibility to choose a path, not that of the company you work for, um, which was too subtle, in my opinion, too. Facebook plans to hold another staff meeting today to contain the damage, said the current and former employees. Turmoil, angst, pain that he would even be there. They get to be it, but we all need to recognize Google and Facebook, two of the biggest, most powerful companies on Earth, are very much political activists on one side. Very much. Yahoo thinks Elizabeth Warren is a moderate. All of them. What's coming up your news, Marshall? Well, Kavanaugh's not over yet. Hey, you remember Anonymous, the White House Trump blocker? We have an update on that. And Twitter still awash with fake news. Yeah, okay. We'll get into that all on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Watch the Peter Jackson trailer to his new World War One documentary slash movie slash bringing colorizing old movies slash whatever it is. But looks really good. Coming out uh, soon. 
as the 100-year anniversary of the end of World War I approaches. I was going to mention my favorite book, maybe of all time, is The Great War in Modern Memory, which is about World War I. Freaking love that book. I dip into that practically weekly and have for years. And this, there is a news report around that Jeff Flake was calling around to people to try to get last-minute input before he voted. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I saw really? a quick I saw a quick blurb on that, but I've been hunting around trying to find out more information. Could not find anything more than that. Are Come they, on, Flaker, find your balls. Are they? Mm-hmm. Are they? Uh, is it at a point where like they, he needs to know? Look, if you guys are going to go against it, if Collins and Murkowski and uh, Mansion, <clears throat> you're going to vote no, and he's not going to make it. I want to be part of the no group. There's some of that that goes on, yeah. Right. And or I can't be the guy who sinks him. Um, so let me know if you're voting no. I'll vote yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not done spanking Facebook and its adolescent employees either. Cool. We'll peter out with that then. All right. Let's get to the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh cleared a key procedural hurdle today. Senators voting to cut off debate and proceed to that confirmation vote, which is expected to happen tomorrow or Sunday. Alaska's Lisa Murkowski was the only Republican to vote no on the procedural vote. And she is now quoted as saying Kavanaugh is not the best man for the court at this time, is why she voted no. What does that mean? I don't know. Does I that don't want to relitigate be- the whole thing. But, but does that mean yeah. because of the whole Me Too movement, we don't want to have a man that's got any suspicion? Is that what she, that's got to be what she means. Does she mean politically? Does she mean morally? I, I don't know. Meanwhile, West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin voted yesterday. He is a moderate Democrat in a red state and has not said how he will ultimately vote. But he is in a state that went wildly for Trump. Now, so. is that cowardice? If you look at it that way, well, that's you. You're gonna, if you want to keep your Senate seat, you got to vote. You got to vote for Trump's guy. Or is that just I'm sent here to represent the people, and the yep. people overwhelmingly want this? Well, so even if I don't agree, I should vote for it because that they sent me here. Yeah, that's that's a difficult balancing act and one we could talk about for hours in a republic. Are you representing the people? What if you think the people are out of their minds? Right. Um, I can't remember the gal uh, Heidi Heitkamp, right from uh, Heitkamp from uh, North Dakota. Yeah. She's voting against Trump, and it's killing her in the polls, yep. and she's probably going to lose. Judy and I were watching the uh, news last night, and I told her, you know. I got to see that as a principled vote. Sure, you have to. It's I not, disagree with her rather strongly, but it's she, principled. She's, yeah, she's not doing it because it's helping her. Yeah. Um, and the fact that former Justice John Stevens yeah. Yeah. Um, has said Kavanaugh's not fit for the court, that's a hell of a thing. A former Supreme Court justice saying the guy about to be nominated is not fit for the Supreme Court. Wow. Well, he's not fit for being a crazy old former justice. He's there. Huh? And along with all this, you got Maine Republican Susan Collins. She's been busy teasing her votes, telling reporters before this morning's vote to cut off debate. I will be voting yes on proceeding what? to the final confirmation vote, and I will announce my intentions on how to vote later today. All right. Wife of Phil Collins. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm, in the air tonight. Yeah, she's going to uh, make that big announcement uh, during a speech on the Senate floor at about noon West Coast time today. Now, do you remember Anonymous? A month ago, the White House was consumed. A month ago. So it seems like five years, <laughs> but go ahead. The White House was consumed by a furor over an anonymous Trump oh, administration yeah. official. God, I didn't even know what you were talking about. Right. 
I didn't even know what you were talking about. That's right. right. Somebody wrote an op-ed piece. Yeah. And nobody knew it was. Right. He authored the op-ed. And the country went crazy for yeah. like one day. Who is it? We must know. Here's this my is, theory. This is the most important thing that's ever happened in our republic. Oh, yes. that's right. And I had a firm theory, which I then changed to somebody else the next day. Oh, those were good times. Yes. I didn't even know what you were talking about. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anyway, Anonymous authored the op-ed piece for the New York Times. So Anonymous could walk out today and say, it was me. And everybody would say, what was you? Who Oh, yeah. Remember the New York Times was murdered for running an anonymous editorial. Did Kavanaugh grope you? No? Well, then get out of here. Right? Nobody cares. We're on to something else. You ever seen him black out? No? Get out. Anonymous claiming to be a Trump administration official who was undermining portions of President Trump's agenda. Oh, that's right. And was representing a, a brave cabal of such people right. within the White House. Right. There's a Don't worry. We're there for you. And, a, and everybody. We're heroes. And everybody conservative and liberal on the cable news channel said, either come out and say your name or shut up, you coward. <laughs> right. Anyway, now that we're all reminded of the most important thing ever a few weeks ago. All right, the update is since then, little has happened, obviously. The investigation, which existed more in name than in practice, stalled and has died quietly. The move to clean house never happened. The leakers' identities remain a mystery. Um, different story. Washington Post has got a reporter that went into the, 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 the big government building in Saudi Arabia yesterday and uh, oh, yeah. didn't come out. With his girlfriend or wife waiting outside, well, hasn't let me, been seen since Tuesday. Uh, let me let me uh, tell the, the tale the way. Well, the way I heard it was, he went in to the Saudi Arabian and the embassy in Istanbul to do some routine paperwork, and then, according to the Saudi authorities, yeah, he left. He took care of it. He left. He said he was going to get a cup of coffee. Anyway, it was good to see him. Uh, and and his girlfriend says, no, I was waiting for him, and he did not come out. He's not been seen or talked to, to since, as Jack points out. And uh, he was a frequent critic of the Saudis. And the Washington Post has a big blank column today saying our reporter is missing. Um, yeah. There aren't a lot of things that could have happened. I mean, uh, I mean, that isn't foul play. If he had a heart attack in there or something, we'd know about it. They yeah. would tell you. I te- so I- is it the Turks or the Saudis? It, it, it was the Saudis. They, he's, his bones are in the basement now, or he's in a vat or something in the basement of the embassy. Um, is this under the leadership of the new MBS, the wow. big reformer? And he is yeah. a reformer, but he's reforming at his speed, not yours. And if you disagree with him or criticize him, your bones are going to be in a vat. Boy, this needs to get more attention, doesn't it? Doesn't the president have to get somebody on the horn? The weirdest and greatest example of MBS and the way he swings, Mohammed bin Salman, yeah. is that as he was granting women the right to drive, he was imprisoning women who were agitating for the right to drive. Yes. I'll give it to you, but you're not going to publicly bitch at me. You're not going to be yelling and protesting and throwing women in jail. Right. That's crazy. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Squawky, your crying for freedom is probably also worth mentioning that uh, one of the uh, a a big time Russian politician who is tied to 
the the Russian lawyer gal who was in the infamous oh, Trump right, Tower meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. He died in a mysterious helicopter crash. What was caused? A, what was called an unauthorized helicopter trip. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, something tells me both he and the pilot had a belly full of polonium six that was contained in their sealed bottles of Putin brand fresh water. You know what I'm talking about? So, yeah, he goes down mysteriously, and now he has no tales to tell. I wonder if Steven Seagal was involved. <laughs> this Saudi story should get more attention. It's probably pretty difficult, though. They're, you know, they're an ally of ours in a very rough part of the world. And, and th- uh, this guy was seriously a profile in courage. For the Washington Post. Yeah, uh, Khashoggi is his name. And uh, he's Jamal almost, Khashoggi. almost certainly dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he came out. He left. No, he didn't. I was waiting for him. He left. Why don't you leave, too? I suppose it is possible that he snuck out a different way and, you know, didn't like his girlfriend. <laughs> we'll call that the Jack Theory. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm not done whipping Facebook. Okay, good. Yeah. A good Zuckerberg whipping Let's coming up. Let's finish the week with a good whipping. Actually, for once, I think the Zuckerman is in the right. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Was the one-year anniversary of Tom Petty dying the other day? I can't believe it. A year! Sunrise, sunset. This is the petering out of the week, and it's been, man, what a crazy week politically. Oh, just nutty. And we all thought that Kavanaugh would be over last week. So I don't want to uh, run out of time to, to give Facebook a kick in particularly their adolescent, overly emotional employees who are melting down and weeping bitter tears because one of their executives is an old buddy of Judge Kavanaugh, and he was just at the hearing. And we've already described the meetings and memos and and, uh, edicts issued and, and apologies and the rest of it that he dared appear there. Mr. Kaplan's show of support for Judge Kavanaugh hits a particularly sensitive spot for Facebook. It's been weathering claims that Facebook is biased against right-wing websites and opinions, which it clearly is. The company has denied this hilariously, saying it is a neutral platform that welcomes all perspectives. Um, Many employees also viewed it as a statement. Mr. Kaplan believed Mr. Kavanaugh's side of the story rather than Dr. Blasey's testimony. This is the part that really gets into how I think so many people on the left are, they think with their emotions and don't act like adults. That felt especially hurtful to Facebook employees who were also sexual assault survivors, many of whom began sharing their own hashtag MeToo stories internally. Now, the idea that you cannot, if you are generally in sympathy with victims of sexual assault, or generally open, uh, tend to believe until that is proven to be the wrong idea, the idea that that can't possibly coexist with thinking, now I think Kavanaugh's a pretty good guy and I don't think this stuff happened. That you can't go case by case. That the sins of the many are the determining factor of the sins of the ones, of the one, rather. If you think that way, you're not an adult. God, God help us if you're ever in charge. 
Seriously, it's the end of the whole thing. Yeah, that's that's the thinking of bigots and racists and, and people who lack the capacity for rational thought. Oh, yeah, well, I know a lot of black guys are criminals, so this black guy, he's got to be a criminal. I'm saying guilty. That's incredibly dangerous and sick. So, listen, you're a Facebook employee who's, who's endured sexual assault. I'm very sorry to hear that, but... To appear at the Kavanaugh hearing, and let's keep in mind, the guy just sat there. If you consider that an affront to you, I I don't understand how your brain works. The tensions add to a litany of, I'm quoting the New York Times now, the tensions add to a litany of other issues that have sapped employee morale. In the past few weeks alone, the company has grappled with the departures of the co-founders of Instagram, etc., continued scrutiny, um... What was the other one where they had the boo-hoo uh, meeting? What was what the what was that the big boo-hoo meeting? I remember we were criticizing them for that. Was that was that Google? Yeah, that was Google. Yeah, similar sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. But some people decide emotionally, then hunt facts to fit. Their emotion or hunt arguments to fit their emotions. Some of those people are my friends and they're nice people. He, uh, but that's sh- no way to run a country. He shouldn't get beat up for it, obviously, but I'm, I'm surprised that he didn't realize being in camera shot would, uh, cause him some problems. Could he have claimed he is dating Alyssa Milano? I was here to support I've her. I've done that before. <laughs> I like the way they used her on Saturday Night Live, where she would just randomly show up behind people. <laughs> the cardboard cut out of her, yeah. <laughs> uh, in a note apologizing, weirdly, he uh, wrote, I've known Brett and Ashley Kavanaugh for 20 years. They are my and my wife, Laura's closest friends in D.C. I was in their wedding. He was in ours. Our okay. kids have grown up okay. together. Yeah, well, that's that's a different level of your friends. Yeah. yeah. Some people were pissed he didn't take a personal day to attend the hearing. Oh, wow. He's salaried. Shut up. By Monday, Kavanaugh will be in the role. We'll be done with this, right? We're on to the next thing. Hey, kids. It's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Children of all ages, here we go. Final thoughts. Michelangelo, what final thought would you like to leave us with? Okay, at armstronggettyradio.com, I will be on Michelangelo's Market, my little blog. I will discuss uh, virtual reality and how it is going to affect society. Oh, excellent. Uh, Michael, I'm sorry, uh, Positive Sean, final thought? Yeah, great weekend ahead for me, heading out of town to celebrate my grandmother's birthday. She's 90 something. Uh, going to get to see uh, uh, immediate family and extended alike, uh, cousins, uncles. I love these uh, these gatherings. I'm going to enjoy it. That's fabulous. Yeah, you, do, you know, none of my business, but at 90-something, you get to you don't get to say the age. It's still, for I, women, you should just kind of... I'm I'm erring on the side of, of caution. I understand. Very chivalrous of you. Yeah. Marshall Phillips, final thought? I just wanted the ladies to know reflections and suggestions after my recent dip in the love pool will be at armstrongandgetty.com later this afternoon. Okay. All right. Uh, Jack, Ladies, fi- he's on the market for the holiday season. Oh, yeah, single and ready to mingle. You want some pumpkin spice? <laughs> what does that even mean? Uh, what's your final thought for us, Jack? My final thought is I forgot to ask Sean what the one-word market review is for the day. Sean, the market? The markets are retreating. Retreating! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> 
<laughs> My final thought is, please, please, if the Almighty is in the heavens above us, let the Kavanoscopy end this weekend. And in a related final thought, a super bonus final thought, look at the Judiciary Committee, all of them, one by one, on a bipartisan basis, and reflect for at least 10 minutes this weekend on why you should never put your hopes and dreams in politicians and government. It's the wrong place. Next week, we'll be in the three-week sprint to the uh, midterm election, right? So there'll be a lot of talk about that. Doesn't mean we have to talk about it, but no. it's going to be in the news a lot. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour work. Day. We'll break down the 4th District of Indiana. No, no, we won't. So many people who thank so little time, go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See you Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.